everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another of our Thinking Drinkers podcasts in which we give you two uh, drinks recommendations for the week ahead based on some spurious reasons uh, f- for drinking them. My name's Tom. I'm one of the Thinking Drinkers, and I'm with Ben, the other Thinking Drinker. Ben, how are you? I'm all right, mate. I've moved a uh, recording studio down into the living room because it apparently you need soft furnishings. Huh. to uh, soften the, because it was a bit tinny, some of the uh, the old uh, audio. So uh, Sophie, my wife, she said to, because she works in this kind of carry-on, uh, she said, you need some more cushions. And my God, have we got cushions? I'm surrounded by scatter cushions. Uh, there's there's cushions loads of stuff. I mean, they're good. They're good. They're good. Um, uh, piles. You've got piles. They're good. But they also look nice. They've yeah. got, I've got a little throws and stuff. So hopefully this is a rather softer sounding uh, uh, Benjamin here. Okay. So, yeah. Well, let's see. I thought I was the tinny one. Uh, I'm in exactly the same environment, but we have builders in at the moment uh, destroying my house. So uh, really there's no escape from ambient noises. No. Or disruptive to sultry recordings of our beautiful podcast yeah you pissed off your neighbors yesterday didn't you yeah massively so i mean we had two extraordinarily sized juggernauts pouring concrete into quite a small i mean we're only doing a little side extension it did seem a bit over the top and aggressive um but both sets of neighbors were a little bit cheesed off which is fair enough yeah Um, i mean but i when i you told me about this and i said and then I sympathise with them. And then, do you know what you said? You said, fuck them. I don't like them anyway. <laughs> not really. You didn't uh, say that. That's funny. Well, not, they're, they're, not they're, they're not listening. They're not listening. They're twitching their curtains. Look at your juggernauts. <laughs> your big well, they're coming to our show in Harpenden. In the new yeah. Um, yeah. I like them enough to let them buy a ticket to come and see us in my local theatre. Yeah, we need to sell that out. As we did in um in Bristol. We had a really good gig in Bristol oh, on Friday. We love Bristol. We love you. We love Bristol's. We've had two gigs in Bristol's, haven't we? Two of them. A pair of Bristol's. We we love that place. They are uh, they always come out in the, in force. They're quite a lively bunch. The Bristol, they, they are. Uh, this time we got on board, and while we were in no way uh, excessively inebriated, we did have a drink with them. Um, well, what we did, we got there a bit. Uh, we got earlier. Well, we got there earlier than planned. Uh, set it all up, um, and then we realised we had a bit of time to kill. So we went to the Bristol Beer Factory, which is just down the road. They've got a lovely tap room, and we had. Three, three, was it three pints? Two pints. We had two, two pints for the show. Two pints two of pints. a session, session oh, IPA. So it was sensible a low drinking. ABV beer, but it kind of just, uh, just had us in a kind of slightly looser, happier mood. Really, with in the face of the Bristolians who were clearly enjoying their evening out. And they were, and we got into it, and it was our it's our last show of the year. So we mm-hmm. thought, well, let's go out, let's see what happens if we have a bit to drink and we put some acdc on before we went on got all revved up it was good yeah good we took it. it to them yeah we i mean the vegan jokes didn't go down very well there, no, 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 no. but i mean if you're gonna start a fight with someone a vegan's not a bad one is it yeah, they can barely muster up the strength to yeah, argue to in a conversation. Punch. exactly right uh good at pushing statues off side of uh, yeah 
Yeah, I th- we tiptoed very gracefully around some of those topics, I thought. Yeah, which is fairly appropriate considering we're going to be talking about one time slightly racist man and yeah yeah he's coming up another racist another Another week another racist racist human from the the, uh, annals annals of Of, our history books if only if only there'd been more historians of uh, mixed demographics writing things down in the periods of sort of 500 ad to mm, yeah 19 today Today, really really, yeah about two years ago really america it's not really changed that much no Uh, just when you think that just when you think the americans have got it and they put obama in then they just anyway um this isn't a political show it's a no 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 well it's a drink uh also we're probably worth mentioning that we are I'm, I'm actually feeling all right, but we were out late last night on a work event. We were at the British Guild of Beer Writers, Beer Writer of the Year Awards Dinner. Yeah. The I mean, it was bash in the Beer Writer's Diary. Um, and was the it, only bash in their diary. Wasn't it a big bash? It was a big bash. Uh, I imagine a room, a room full of beer drinkers. There were, there were a, a few big things going on in that room. Yeah. And, yeah. um, Ben is a three times winner of this, but last yep. not last night. Although you haven't, to be fair to you, entered it for number. No, of I haven't. I mean, I, th- I mean, it's, I didn't want to say anything last night, but now it seems to be the platform which to do so. I think all winners that uh, have won when I've not entered should have a little asterisk next to there. It's like Brazil boycotting a World Cup, isn't mm-hmm. it? I mean, let's be honest. If if the big if, if well, the Alan Brazil. No, no. If the raw, if the Ronnie O'Sullivan of the beer writer, it's it just if he's doing, if he hasn't picked up his cue, and you've won a tournament, then I mean, yeah, it's a big, it's a big it's caveat, not isn't the it? Same is it? Not the same. So, uh, but but still, well, uh, well done to all the winners. Johnny Garrett, a lovely fella, very talented fella. Um, he uh, he won the big gong hmm. for the second time. It's not three times, Johnny. You know, but you know, but it's two. So it will be two. next time. It will be next time. I think the longer they, the longer these the awards go on for, the less. Yeah, I think they should call time on it right now. Yeah, your hat trick um, is less and less relevant. Yeah, uh, Will Hawks didn't win anything. We like Will. I was yeah. Like well, I had a dream that he won it, and apart from, I mean, I've got to have a word with my hippocampus, pretty humdrum, isn't it? If I'm having dreams about that, well, uh, he's a sexy man. He's a lovely school. sexy man. Yeah. Um. So yes, it was good. It was good. We had lots of nice beer and food. Um, and I suppose one thing we should say is that it's a shame that there's all that talent in the room and no one's got a column, I suppose, so to speak. No one's written, no newspapers are right, let, let people write about beer or, or regularly. Mm. Um, so that seems to be the big thing. But then maybe it's a bit too niche. Maybe we just you need to write about all drink, as we do, Tom, because we write about beer, don't we? We write about spirits and we um, write about wine. Why? That's the easiest one, I mean, isn't that's it? The, that's that is so easy. Uh, I think um, the I mean, the you've had it's cold at it? night. Da- yeah, it's, it's grapes, grapes. Apparently, yeah, apparently, uh, if it if it's if the grapes grow on a big like slope, then it makes them taste nicer. Chalky soil. Talk about yeah. that. Oh, chalky. Then you've got um, 
And then you need the, the, you need the grapes to fight their environment. And yeah, you got terroir, uh, and then of course you've got your you've got your fermentations, you've got your biodynamism, yeah, and then you've got your um, your corks and stuff, haven't you? Putting like a cow skulls in the um, yeah in the ground. That's good. yeah, that's good. Uh, and then yeah. you um, and then you put a little sticker on it, say it's won a medal. That adds a few quid. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's a piece of piss to be honest. Just make sure you spend over eight pounds on a bottle. Mm, and, uh, not even that, really. I, I mean, uh, I, I, you know, I get my Sauvignon Blanc off the sort of under six pounds shelf, but you know, yeah. that, that's because I really know how to pick a great Sauvignon Blanc that's yeah. not overpriced. Um, and if, I mean, it's got a pencil drawing on it and it's from France, yeah, safe territory, isn't it? Stuff. That's their always yeah, so that's a good one. Mm-hmm. And there's this new ones that live with like criminals, like the peaky, the, someone that looks like a peaky blinder on them. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. Oh, yeah, they're good. Jacob's Creek. Yeah, banging gear. Yeah, I don't. Well, Jacob's Creek, you know, I like to go to the the, the level up. Yeah, there's they've got the reserve, which is good. <laughs> I like that, and I generally do. Yeah, uh, so much on the wine. Well, so. I mean, I mean, look, there's some wine people out there who think. It's difficult, but they make it look difficult. I mean, I mean, we got slagged off by when we said it was easy. Wine writing is well easy. That's what we said, wasn't it? Yeah. And everyone got very cross. Not everyone. No, Most just one listening. Just no. One. But then he. Yeah. Let's not go back to that. No, 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 no. no I mean, no, no. He's, he's he understands that we are. Yeah. No, he's busy writing for the saga. Magazine, you know, he's got bigger, he's got bigger fish to fry, hasn't he? I mean, you know. hey, we'll be looking into those, holidays. yeah. yeah, yeah. Like saga off. 55. You know, uh, you could go on a saga holiday from 55. Yeah, do you know uh, what saga stands for? I can't remember. Send another granny away. Oh, hey! there you go. Um, talking of getting on in life, yeah. Podcast will be fifty before we finish. Yeah, it. come on, right, let's go. Drinks. So we we had some choices this week, and um, we had the choices of the discovery of Tasmania, which oh, was yeah. which would have been a good one. That was on the twenty fourth of November in sixteen forty two, when Dutchman Abel Tasman became the first European to arrive. Tasman becoming Tasmania. They make some interesting distill- distillates out there now. We've got some Tasmanian whiskey that we would recommend for that. Of course, Dutchman Abel Tasman did not discover it. it no, was it was there. Inhabited. There was an indigenous people there. And uh, they swiftly, the Europeans, slaughtered nearly all of them. Um, it was the closest anyone on record has ever come to completely wiping out a race, uh, although they did discover some of the native people made it onto islands around it. So we're not going to celebrate that, no. uh, much as the Tasmanian spirit scene is, is evolving. Um, and we could have said to this week the trial of Anne Bonny. Who's that? Twenty. She was a pirate. We did last week, Arr. but she was the most fearsome female pirate in history, and she worked with Coleco Jack Rackham and Mary Reed. Uh, and an interesting story to be had in Anne Bonny, who managed to escape being hung uh, by claiming she was pregnant, and so she was she was saved from being. Oh, that's just not. Jack couldn't make such a claim. Jack Rackham, no. he was hung, and um, he might have been 
well hung. He was, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was the father. Yeah, there we go. Oh, yeah. uh, but we can't really do no. pirates and peg legs because we did that last time. So I'm going to start with because this in in chronological order with the first Thanksgiving. Ben, ye ha, good indeed ha. Uh, on the 26th of November, for all you uh, Americans listening to our podcast over in the US of A. <laughs> and some of, that's an accent for is you. Is that from the Bangladeshi, the Bangladeshi community in America? Is that <laughs> you're speaking to? We're going to celebrate the first Thanksgiving in 1621, which of course is is all in real, really, in a celebration of the discovery of the new world, Europeans celebrating and giving thanks to their new home. And of course, uh, if we go back to through the history books, we discover that those Europeans subsequently butchered and murdered all the indigenous people. <laughs> well, they they obviously weren't thinking of uh, you know average podcasters podcasters you know over four centuries later when they were doing this. No, the because I mean I mean now we have to oh Christ we have to unpick this all. Yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway, so they, it's it's problematic, but we're going to plow on through. If we will plow on through. We'll plow as they ploughed the <laughs> earliest fields for pumpkins. Um, we'll get on to pumpkins because mm. they didn't have pumpkins in the first Thanksgiving meal. Um, but let's start with the Mayflower ship because they that was carrying across some of the very first European settlers. And that was over 400 years ago. They, they travelled across these Europeans on a, a ship that was originally... Um, a, a carrier of booze, wasn't it, Ben? It was. It a, was, yeah. It was uh, the Mayflower. The Mayflower was a floating, yeah, it's a floating pub, really. Let's be mm. honest. It was um, absolutely packed full of booze, and uh, where it landed in America was affected was was pretty much influenced entirely by the fact that they ran out of beer. So, yeah. like, what we've got, we've got. Um, We've got to stop here, and they, and they also you they they had a there was a storm, and they were going to turn around because the uh, because uh, the the one of the like uh, what what do you call the sails were working yeah. or something the like mast. that. The mast, they, that's it, that's it. Sorry, the cider press, didn't they? They used a cider press to fix it. So the fact that so it really did. I mean, even before this, the ship they inherited the ship. It wasn't the one they were going to originally use. No, the ship they inherited was. Uh, had been carrying wine across from France. So it was actually a, a ship designed to transport booze. And then you had all these these pilgrims in there just quaffing loads of booze because, of course, beer was safer than water, which was one of the main reasons, like Ben said, they had to stop a little ahead of schedule to, to get to get on land. Get on it. And they set off from Plymouth in, in 1620. And actually on the site where they set off, you'll find the Plymouth Gin Distillery, one of the oldest distilleries in the world, not oldest gin distilleries, but one of the oldest operational distilleries. So loads of lovely drinks, stories around these first Europeans who set off to the, the new world. And when they first arrived in America, gasping for a pint, uh, they actually discovered the natives weren't drinking. No. They were just living drinking in... drinking anything at all. They had no pubs. Uh, they were living in teepees and wigwams, weren't they? They were just two so, tents. Um, yeah, they were living... They were just two tents. Thank you, Ben. That's what right. set out. Um, so the settlers built bars and pubs and uh, started fermenting whatever they could find in terms of grain and drank so much that 
legend has it, the natives named a settlement after them, calling it Manhachatanenk. Manhachatanenk. It's later shortened to Manhattan, but literally translates to Island of the High People or Drunks. Uh, It was actually high land, but the settlers had such a reputation for drinking alcohol, the natives saw them as as drunks. So there you go. There's another little drinks fact for you. Yeah, that's Um, a good one. It is a good one, isn't it? And when they first got there, they found the 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 grain that was abundant was rye. So they were using this rye grain to make their bread and to ferment their beers, and then subsequently to make their whiskies. So we might suggest a rye whiskey this weekend if you're going to celebrate. First of all, though, you might want to have some food because food is good. If food, gonna... food is good. Eating is not cheating, Tom. And if you're going to serve up a Thanksgiving meal, the first meal consisted largely of seafood. So it would have uh, mussels, lobsters and clams, apparently. And really? venison. Yeah, venison. Venison is was... not seafood. No, uh, and neither is wildfowl, fowl, duck, goose and swan. Apparently swan was on the menu as well. What? Which... Are you allowed to eat swan now? The queen Was it the queen who said you're not? Or is it a royal? No, the queen owns all the swans. But now she's dead. Does the king? Oh yeah, the king's probably got them now. Okay, he just inherits them. I don't. I can't be sure. No. Um, they but... also ate turkey anyway, which is not as pretty as a swan, um, and is native to the Americas. They get the name turkey because those first Europeans, when they saw them, thought they were a form of um, a guinea fowl native to Turkey. So they named them the turkey fowl. No way. Not really the first time Europeans had erroneously named something uh, with quite a, a huge slice of ignorance. They were um, they were already being enjoyed by the indigenous people there, but obviously these Europeans took, took uh, some ownership over them and named them incorrectly um, and then went on to massacre them. Um, so, I mean, it's... By the people... Uh, they could have been called. I mean, what's what's name? It could be called gobbles. Iran. It could have been called Gobble Gobbles. Uh, but no, yeah, it couldn't because it's named after a country. Yeah, if you're going to name it after a country, it should have been named. Well, I mean, I can't think about. I'm asking if it was. An, is there any uh, European countries that would make a better name for a bird? No, Turkey is a good one. But... Yeah, it's a hard one to argue because it's just so ingrained in our psyche now. Turkey, it is. Yeah. Right. I think there'd probably a word in, in the indigenous language that would have been more appropriate. Yeah. Um, but they weren't interested in that kind of stuff, were they? No, they couldn't understand them, so they killed them. They <laughs> um they these days though in America they raise two hundred and forty million turkeys a year and twenty percent of them are used at Thanksgiving. So it's very much a Thanksgiving meal. And from this came the TV dinner in the 1950s. I found this out earlier today, Ben. Swanson is the company that gave us the TV dinner as well as canned poultry. So tinned chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, Swanson. Sounds sounds foul, Tom. 
Yeah, it does sound foul. Yum, yum. <laughs> Pick the bones out of that. Clucking awful. <laughs> so they uh, they ordered uh, some bright spark at Swanson, this company that served made, made manufactured food for people, ordered 260 tonnes too much of turkey. Uh, so he was left with all these frozen turkeys taking up space in the refrigerated train cars. So they put them in the compartmentalised aluminium trays to try and shift them. That, oh. that first year in 1953. So they sold 5,000 TV dinners in 1953, which recouped some of the funds. But the following year, they sold 10 million. So they 10 went million turkey. Oh, the 10 million uh, TV, TV dinners. dinners. Isn't that extraordinary? But had the, but that must have coincided with the TV? sort of emergence of TV. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow, that was quite. <laughs> oh there's your, there's that entrepreneurial spirit in you. Uh, I wondered if that coincided with TV. No, but you know what I mean. It's quite <laughs> fortuitous, you know. Yeah, absolutely. TV was doing. What I'm saying is, the TV did, yeah. was doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Oh, a lot of the heavy in lifting. In terms of the, uh, you know, alum- aluminum trays. So they're not. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was just a beautiful coincidence for them. But five thousand from an accident to ten million the following year—that's quite an extraordinary shift. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to happen with dog nappies, is it? No. Another interesting turkey fact that I found out is Big Bird's costume on Sesame Street is made of turkey feathers. Oh, okay. Yellow, so uh, not yellow turkeys. They dyed them yellow. Uh, but there you go. It's just a, just an aside. <laughs> no, that is that is interesting. Okay. Ish. Uh, yeah, ish. So they didn't serve pumpkins. Pumpkins are a big deal at Thanksgiving. Um, the Europeans did discover them as early on when they settled there. Or again, they didn't discover them. Of course, they were already they were there. there. They were there. They were, uh, were they one of the old. They saw people? them. They saw that they they did only see them. They're the they oldest cultivated them. food in human history. Uh, the Greek and the ancient Greeks uh, gave them the name. When it, it translates as big melons, uh, apparently. <laughs> okay. That's funny, isn't it? Let's it be honest. Big melons. Uh, just just on a puerile uh, comments like that, Jez, one of our listeners, suggested that we should try and weave in um, the fact that if you give a man, uh, what was it? If you give a man a fish he can eat for a day, give him a pencil and he'll draw a picture of a penis. And Jess said, Jess said, see if you can weave that seamlessly in. Well, well I, I can't, but I don't, no. we don't have to, Jess. <laughs> this podcast. We can just do a right-hand turn and just say what you asked us to try and weave in. So there you go. It's been said. But the pu- pumpkins um, are quite quite an important part of the meal. They were once considered a remedy for freckles and snake bites. Well, that would have come in very useful for a poor old Infantino. The... Um... <laughs> The thief president who his disability. His oh, afflict. well, the burden. I mean, no yeah. one knows the burden of a ginger boy with yeah. freckles in Italy. I mean, I mean, the 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 LGBTQ community in the Middle East knows nothing. Nothing. Nothing compared to what he's been through. He's been through some serious times. I mean, the best thing that ever happened to him was that when he went bald and it finally. Yeah, and the freckles have gone. It's almost like he made it up. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's no actual evidence he was ginger because he's no. Gone. Where uh, is he from? Is he? He's I Italian, mean, isn't he? Yeah, it's called Gianni Infantino. <laughs> I'm not right. Have a wait a minute, wait a minute. No, no, let's just have a look. Um, um, he's got black black eyebrows, and 
not common for well, gingers. It should be said for anyone who's watching us. He's born Twitter. in Switzerland, right? But he's an Italian immigrant, isn't he? From yeah. the family moved there because that was one of his other that was one of his other sort of areas of persecution. He was an Italian in Switzerland, which um, I can only imagine. Again, oh, can you imagine that? Very similar war, to war torn Switzerland. Yeah, the same. You know, he must have been through so much. Well, my understanding is they're pretty neutral to everyone who gets. Well, maybe we should just like maybe we should put a pumpkin on his head. Yeah, would have solved his, solved that problem. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't cure freckles, nor does it cure snake bites, um, but they can be used in drinks. And when the Europeans started using them for food, they quickly moved on to booze. Uh, is something we're good at, and they started fermenting winter squashes, the juicy pulps, into a wine. First of all. Uh, and by the 18th century, pumpkin beer was standard all the way across Europe. Um, and courtesy of a craft brewer from the US of A, Rogue, mm. um, you actually have a, a decent pumpkin beer available to you if you do want to try that. They use pumpkins for their their uh, pumpkin beer, which they grow on their farms in Independence in Oregon. We've been to Rogue's breweries. Yeah, very nice. Lovely gear. Really um, good beers. Really but the good. first, the first pumpkin beer in America produced, uh, sort of commercially, was in California in the eighties. It was Buffalo Bill's Brewery. Mm. Buffalo Bill, famous for tuckbacks. Tuckbacks. Yeah. Have you done a tuckback, Tom? Just see what oh, it looks like. When have I not, Ben? <laughs> it looks weird, doesn't it? Yeah, just try it out sometimes. Is when I'm, when so that, if you get a bit confused, you're like, oh. Oh, I am sexy. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then you open your legs and it comes back. It's like, woo. Oh, uh, there you are. No, I'm it's just... not. I, I, I ne- to be honest, I never make that noise when it pops back out. I never go, woo. I always go, oh. 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 No. Is no. it there? Yeah. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is that a tuck back? Oh, no. uh, it's something to do, isn't it? Something to do. So uh, you could have uh, the rogue pumpkin beer. Uh, they spice it up with orange peel, cinnamon, cloves, cardamom, vanilla, ginger, and nutmeg in the beer as well. And it is actually a very good example of a pumpkin beer. Some of them are a bit naff, but if you're going to go for one, try that. Uh, or have a Manhattan um, because of the Manhattanek uh, fact. You could make yourself a Manhattan. We talked mm-hmm. about those rye grains they found after they made the first rye beers. They started making rye whiskies. Uh, those first whiskies were pretty punchy, difficult to drink. To describe them as fiery moonshines, we talk about these in our show, and the, the names like Skullbender and Panther Piss and Snakehead, which came with an actual snake head in the barrel. In the barrel. In the actual barrel. So that would have worked well with pumpkins, in case you um, got any of the poison. I don't know. Something's going on there. I'm sure it would work. Uh, but have a Manhattan. Um, we're going to make a Manhattan in our subscription club virtual tasting this very night yes you're listening to this podcast and you don't subscribe then you will not be able to see us making losers you're not losers you are losers but we'll put the recipe on the thread of the podcast if you would like to have a go at making them the manhattan is an interesting cocktail and we're going to keep our powder dry for the members tonight yes we're not going to talk too much about the history of it but one of the a slightly dubious origin stories of the Manhattan is that Winston Churchill's mother 
inspired the drink. Yes. It was said to be first made for Lady Randolph Churchill, who was a an American high society lady, uh, for a party f- that she was attending. And um, that has been disproved based on the fact that uh, David yes. Wondridge, one of the great drinks writers, one of our peers and uh, a brilliant historian, discovered that she was actually um, giving birth to Winston in London at that time. So that makes that entire story bullshit. So that didn't happen, but it does, Ben, I think we can all agree, seamlessly take us. Oh, my God, you are. That's fiendish. It's cunning what you've just done. Cunning. It brings us on to Sir Winston. Well, let's go. Let's get his full name, which is it's quite a mouthful. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah, well, let's just go. It's, it's just Winston Churchill. Uh, <laughs> Winston. Nice prep. Yeah, no, no. I've got, I've got it here. I've got it here. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. He was born. The Winston Leonard Spencer Churchill. Born on the 30th of November, 1874, and died on the 24th of January, 1965. Voted by the British public as the greatest ever Britain to have lived ever, mm. even including Me. you and Floella, you and Floella Benjamin. Mm. Um, now, uh, it would be remiss of us because we're going to talk about how much uh, he drank and how much he liked to drink and how much he was a more of a discerning drinker than people think. But let's, we can't really start without mentioning that he was also, in many people's eyes, a warmongering wrong He wasn't really... He had some rather distasteful views uh, by modern standards, but even by the standards when he was alive, uh, was were, 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 were right of centre, I would mm. say. Um, I mean, when people compare him to Hitler, that's that's too much. Mm. Hitler was a very bad man. Um, but uh, yes, he there was he wasn't very nice about other races. He genuinely did believe that the white race was superior to others. Not only that, he thought Protestants were superior to Catholics. Still controversial today, I'd say. Um, and he uh, had, you know, he was pretty horrible to other. <laughs> he had rather horrible views about um, about the uh, the Irish, and he was very brutal in 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 trampling down on on the unions as well. So, uh, not by by celebrating or discussing his drinking, we are no way endorsing his other views. And I do think, as a nation, we have a bit of a blind spot with Churchill, because mm. um, he he yes he he wasn't charged when we were involved in winning the war, but did he win the war? I'd say the Americans had something to do it with it. The yeah. Russians definitely. I, I think I think in terms of his impact in in the war and beating the Nazis, uh, he definitely was an important part of that. Process. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he was. At that he point, was, he was had, the manager, wasn't he? And also, I mean, he won a Nobel Prize in literature yeah. for his his sort of mastery of um, his wordsmithery, or, or, or yeah, an oratory brilliance for motivating a nation to fight yeah. the Nazis. So, 
he kind of he managed to turn around a little bit but you're right he can't he, there's no sort of there's no space in our podcast for, for just glossing over no 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 and also it, but but it is i do think um in the current climate where we are we're quite jingle we're going through a rather jingoistic period as a nation and it's interesting not a lot of films and books have been written about church one obviously by uh, Boris, um, he, who who absolutely worships him, and I think it's safe to say likes to think he's a bit like him. Mm. Um, I do think we've got a, a slightly warped obsession with with Churchill, um, and and I think there's there's more than a revisionist view to suggest that uh, he had his he, like all like everyone he had his faults, um, but he also. Well, like, like everyone, but my faults are not. not no, no, you didn't have an affair. Serious affairs, I mean. Doing tuckbacks is yeah. not exactly, you know, believing yeah. that we are hanging, a superior race. Hanging wet towels on. Superior gender, that's why yeah. I do the tuckbacks. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think it's fair to, say, fair to say we all have our faults, but his were perhaps more significant than others. Yeah, yeah I think so. Uh, but he was a great drinker, and that's what we're here to to sort of yeah. celebrate. His drinks cabinet pretty much won a war, never mind a war cabinet. He, mm-hmm. all the winners, Stalin was a drinker, Roosevelt was a big drinker, uh, ended prohibition, um, and Church was a drinker. So they were all drinkers. And on the the losers' side, some would say the baddies, you've got Hitler, non drinker, mm-hmm. totaler. Mussolini did occasionally take a small sip of wine as well, but was, uh, strictly speaking, considered himself a non-drinker. And then you had yeah uh, the Japanese yeah Japanese fella yeah he he didn't drink yeah. either. So I mean, is that a coincidence? Probably, probably is, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Dutch courage comes from the battlefield, and uh, yeah, well, well, he was well into that um, Churchill because. Like in the First World War, you had um, they banned beer. They said that as well as the Germans, the, the biggest uh, enemy of of Britain was was drink. Uh, Churchill didn't think that at all. The D Day landings, they they had these um, flying pubs, which were basically uh, Spitfires and Typhoons. They emptied their um, drop tanks of petrol, gave them a gave them a clean, and filled them up with beer, and dropped them down in Normandy. Because there's obviously Normandy, mm. uh, there wasn't it been it been uh, destroyed essentially, and then and the the drink in Normandy is cider, and that, that won't do it. No, but but the no. Americans got involved. But do you know why? Um, why that they weren't successful in delivering beer to the troops? Why? Because their own their own uh, uh, American army kept shooting them down. They kept mistaking <laughs> them for German fuckers. Uh, uh, <laughs> Fuckers, you're dumb. Um, yeah, so even back then, the old friendly fire was kicking in. When are they gonna learn? Those mm. crazy yanks. Um, mm. but anyway, Churchill, he was an elbow bending omnivore, eclectic in his alcoholic tastes. Love champagne, his favorite being Paul Roger, who um, who gave him his own personal stash in return for, for liberating France. French, he always speak German. Um, uh, and did he drink? He was. They said he drank forty-two thousand bottles over his lifetime. Um, I'm not sure. That's a lot. That is a lot. Um, I don't think. I. I mean, I. I did the. Uh, I did the mass, uh, and it, it's. It's a lot. 
Mm. I mean, even if you're drinking one a day, that's that's which is unlikely. Um, he said, and and this is a quote that's been sort of attributed left, right, centre. Um, he said, and he said, I could not live without champagne and victory. I deserve it. In defeat, I need it. He kickstarted the day with um, a Papa cocktail, um, which was basically Johnny Walker whiskey topped up with water throughout the morning. And he would last, and it's, well, it would actually last him most of the day. He didn't like people who drank their whiskey neat. You are not likely to live a long life, he quit, if you drink it like that. That's not the main reason we'd say you, wouldn't, you shouldn't drink whiskey neat, because the little drop of water brings out all the flavors and yeah. aromas. Isn't that right, Tom? Opens it up and gives you some of the beautiful aromatics. Opens it up. Yeah. I would suggest that exactly. if you are drinking whiskey, even if uh, you think the Scots don't allow it, they will allow you to add water. Frankly, doesn't matter what they allow. Do what the hell you like. Um, but it it, yeah. it is actually a fairly traditional serve to have that little bit of even in a, in the good whiskey bars like the Bow Bar in Edinburgh. And they give you a little jug of water and you just drop it in there and it's like a well, it's like a, a bomb from a plane, really, isn't it? Or a Spitfire. It is. Yeah. yeah. Plop. Cold champagne and cognac. He said, along with hot baths and new peas. <laughs> was an essential of life. He liked new peas. New peas. For a warmonger, he didn't think he wasn't much into peas. Give peas <laughs> a chance, mate. Give peas a chance. Anyway, a contemporary of Churchill, who's this guy called Lord Richard Butler, um, famously wrote about, it. he said, I had no less than eight gargantuan dinners with, with Churchill alone. The dinners being followed by libations of brandy so ample that I felt it prudent on more than one occasion to tip the liquid into the side of my shoe. And he he reckoned that by the time he died, he'd drunk enough brandy to fill three railway carriages. Crikey. Not that he came off the rails, though, Tom. No. His secret, as we mentioned, is the watering down of his spirits. And one of the reasons people think he was a drunk rather than a, a, a prudent drinker was that he had a speech impediment. It sounded like he was half cut the whole time. But he he didn't like wanton drunkenness. He had very little time for that. And he once wrote, I've been brought up and trained to have the utmost contempt for people who get drunk. But I think it's safe to say that technically he was drunk a lot. But it was... Yeah, hopefully uh, we, we're planning next week to speak to Adrian Childs, aren't we? And uh, he, yeah. he's written a really interesting book, which we'll be discussing with him, about, um, I, I guess, it, the excesses of drinking. And let's not get into it now. But the point no. is, I think there's a there's an argument to say that that Churchill was probably drinking far more than he should have done, mm. uh, but was because he didn't necessarily get massive hangovers or he was still able to function. Um, it wasn't seen as a massive problem. But in terms of units a week, if he's starting the day with whiskey, chances are he's he's, he's done his weekly units in in the morning. Um, and that's not good, is it really? No, no, no. But I wonder, it'd be, it'd be quite interesting to work out how many big decisions he made in terms of the the war mm. were made under the influence. Mm. What are we recommending then, Ben? What are we going to say? <laughs> but we're not drinking any brandy in, in his memory. We're not drinking any champagne. Mm. Um, and we... Uh, Water? Water. <laughs> No, we're not drinking water and we're not drinking Johnny Walker or Papa 
a, a, a pub cocktail. We are drinking Carlsberg Special Brew. I'm not drinking the it. The Danes. I'm not drinking that. No, no, neither am I. I'm not not drinking it now. No. Um, but Carlsberg Special Brew is a um, it's essentially a, a high strength lager, mm. uh, and it's and it's um, it's in its homeland. It's it's actually really rather revered, but over here, um, due to various factors, it's 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 seen as Yes, it's not the most salubrious of of drinks. So it always surprises people that Carlsberg Special Brew was was brewed um, in Copenhagen in honour of Winston Churchill and his efforts um, uh, for winning for winning the Second World War. Mm-hmm. So uh, we that get yourself a can of that. Available in all um, blue bag uh, purveyors Londis. of Londis. Yeah, you get Londis, your spa. Um, yeah. what other ones? Happy sh- happy 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 yeah, you can still yeah. get happy shoppers, I think. Um, yeah, so have a bit of Carlsberg special brew. There we go. Uh, we've got quite a, quite a few options there. A, a crafty pumpkin spiced beer from the the kind of uh hipster rogue brewery, yeah, sophisticated Manhattan. If you fancy a cocktail, mm. and Carlsberg special brew for any of you listening. Who have no discerning bones in your body? Um, <laughs> it's not as bad, but they drink. No, it's they, a barley. It's a barley wine, really, isn't it? More than no, a... no. It's actually a lager. Okay, um, it's, it is a lager, but it's 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 um uh it's drunk in lights. They drink it in very small glasses in in Denmark, mm. um as as you should it because it's quite strong. There's nothing. It is literally just the reputation it has. The actual yeah. beer itself is is drinkable, but you don't. The reason it's popular is amongst that, that particular community is is clear. It's just quite yeah. strong. Yeah, very and much really, like our um, Jägermeister chat last week. It's just is people... that it's misunderstood. So yeah. we're here to uh, challenge these perceptions. Bust, bust myths. Yeah. Well, there we go. So great drinks. Uh, another great week. That, that that if that hasn't improved your liquid lives, nothing. Will no, thank you for listening to us and go away and enjoy those drinks with your Thanksgiving meal or as you salute uh, a picture of Churchill if you have one in your living room in your that way and you should. But um, you know, God bless him. What we also said at the beginning of uh, the Churchill bit. So that's uh, that's our two drinks. We are uh, now not on tour again until February when we'll be at London's Leicester Square Theatre, literally West End. In the West End. We've already sold a few tickets there, so if anyone's interested in coming to see us in London town, then uh, I'd get on that quick. Perfect Christmas present if you want oh, to. Such a good Christmas such present. People don't good. need things, Tom. People but, don't need things. Well, they do. They need a subscription to our... But that's not a thing, that's experience. True. We send a thing. Yeah. Get your loved ones an experience. Enhance their lives. If you yeah. buy them a buy them something, they just... They use it and then don't use it. Yeah, get them some uh, subscription club, uh, uh, spirits club subscription, and then get them tickets to to one of our shows. No, every night's different. It's a one off. It's a one off. Unique. It's not like a film. Especially in Bristol, that was never yeah, That was a bit too. Uh, but yeah, by the by the subscription, you get a book. So that's the thing. You get oh yeah. To, so you get a thing. You get an experience virtually, a tasting experience every month and you buy tickets to our show you come and see us in person in our pants on a stage nothing comes close to that 
experience. Actually, where at some points with with pants on so tight, it's almost like we've got tuck backs. So yeah. we, you know, just a call back to this actual pod, so you can um, you can experience all of that. Look on our website, thinkingdrinkers.com. You'll see all our dates upcoming. We're going up north. We're going down south. We're going okay, all not all right. Very quickly, Nottingham, uh, Nottingham, Leicester Square, Harpenden, North Allerton, Alnwick, which is really yeah. north, yeah. Um, Pendle, Oldham, Brighton, down south, Bedford, Reading, Didcot, Stroud, and more. Hmm. No, that's it. It's not more, actually. That is it. There might be more. There might be more. Um, yeah. But that's it for this week. Yeah. Next week, two new drinks. Uh, in the uh, meantime, make sure... And Adrian back. Charles. We're getting Adrian Charles. And Adrian Charles. Assuming all goes well, he's we're due to speak to him on Monday. So that will be... Yeah. Odd, which will be a very interesting one where we can all... We might be sensible. Uh, ...odd think about what we do with our lives. Yeah. Um, in a fun way. All right. Thanks for listening. Speak to you next week. Cheers. Cheers. Love you. Bye. Bye.